for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Prepare for the attack of the android. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2015. This is episode 169 of Attack of the Androids. Uh, most every week, Wednesday evenings, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. I'm Matt. That's Eric. What's up, Eric? How much, Matt. Good to be back after a few weeks. Nice to see you. Good to have you back. Also joining us, Joey. What's up, Joey? Good to see you all, coming to you live and direct from the land of the free, the home of the brave. That's right, it's Merka. Also joining us in Merka, Shane Brady. What's up, Shane? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, Eric, I got Lollipop on the first-gen Moto X, finally. Gotta say. Oh, my God. How does it feel? It feels pretty good. Not like a new phone, per se, but uh, pretty, pretty close. I like okay, any it took a dog. little getting used to of where things have been moved and whatnot, but uh it works pretty well for an old phone. <laughs> uh, is it starting to feel old now? The I mean aside from like all the shit like sloughing off the back of it, like Oh is yeah, no, it's, to feel old? <laughs> it it's it's been feeling old. Uh what's your favorite thing about the lollipop update? Like is there anything cool that they like that you were like, mm. Oh, I didn't know I was missing this? Mm, I can't even tell you right now because I don't know. Cause yeah, it's, it's pretty much just just move some stuff. It looks cleaner, animations are cleaner. Mm-hmm. They trick you into thinking that there's less lag than there actually is, which I appreciate. Do you think the fact that so many of Android or Google's apps have been materialized um, that it's not so jarring? When I mean, you're probably using the Google Now launcher. Or some other third party launch to be in with. So, you honestly, the only thing may change is your settings panel, right? Yeah. If if you've been using all of those apps, and you know your phone was new enough to get all of them updated, of course, it's it was much much uh, smoother. Hey guys. Yeah, I heard you. Uh, you got the uh, update. That's pretty cool. Yeah, five point one. Which is cool. I do my, like the interruption control stuff, which you now have access to. Like, I used that this morning when I woke up because um, I knew that we were going to be doing this show and I didn't want my wife to get woken up from the phone, from the Hangouts call. So I just went, you know, uh, swipe down, said, you know, no interruptions and tell it to do it for an hour. So it's a really nice, really nice feature. Yeah, that's pretty handy from the movies, too. It gets That's it's you. weird at first because you're used to you know volume down till it just turns silent. But now, like I I didn't like it at first, but the more I use it, it makes more sense because y- you do always end up doing it for an hour or two, and then you can turn it back up. But this just does it for you. So yeah. Yeah, I'm clear. You might have it slightly different than we do because you're on Mono X. They may have tweaked it a little bit too. Uh, mine, I actually have programmed so that it automatically goes to priority notifications at 11.30 at night and then kicks that back off at 6 a.m. So it gives me a sleep window where Facebook, 
and Messenger from uh, Facebook Messenger and email notifications and stuff like that go to sleep. And the only thing that I actually hear is text messages and phone calls. And that is an incredibly useful feature. It used to be an add-on, um, and I was going to load the app and actually pay the money to have the app on the phone and then realized it was already built in. So what the heck do I need that for? I'll tell you something that is very annoying, actually. You know, you can retrain the, the launch phrase, right? So instead of, okay, Google that, Maps. That's a Moto, Moto X thing. Oh, okay. Well, in the update, it lets you pick whatever you want. And so I trained it for uh, whenever I would say, okay, balls, like it would, it would come on and that was great and it worked well, but then it started coming on like all the time whenever people would say things or uh, I was watching a movie and it would just come on. So it would like randomly would, would turn on. So I just turned that what stuff. What sort of movies would you be watching where they're saying uh, balls so much? Actually, what kind of people are you hanging out with? It was. comes uh, up in conversation all the time. I mean, I know you're on the West Coast, but I thought you are fairly far from San Francisco. Funny enough, it was Pacific Rim. So <laughs> moving on. Just want to say they made it like so that it would be super good at at hearing and interpreting what you're saying, but I think they might have made it too sensitive because it's it's definitely not supposed to work with other people's voices, and it's definitely not supposed to work with different words. I mean, I get that it's just sounds and and everything, but you know, yeah, I can't. It's been a while since I've Moto X. I can't remember. Like with oh, with Google, you train it to your voice. I can't remember if that was the case with Moto X or not. Yeah, that that is the way it was. But there were sometimes, like when they first announced the Moto X, uh, some I remember sites like The Verge reporting that someone else would say, "Okay, whatever." Okay, <laughs> and, uh, balls. I'm trying not to balls, yeah, Nick. Other people would announce it, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's been a problem. That it's a thing. <laughs> It is. I just turned it off completely. Problem solved. But it's not really a feature I used anyway, so it uh, doesn't really bother me. But I noticed my my Amazon Echo does that sometimes too, where you're just watching you're watching a movie, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, "I didn't understand that." <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, it's like ordering things from Amazon for you. <laughs> Start playing right. music. God knows what. I noticed. I ordered you fifty packs of toilet paper. Congratulations! <laughs> I noticed your credit line all of your has increased. Devices, Eric, sound like Family Guy characters, or was that unintentional? God, that would be so awesome if they did that. <laughs> we have placed an order for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Nexus Four, Nick, it's back. What's up? Yeah. So last year, I think December, my uh, Nexus Four had a. Uh, had unceremoniously died. I woke up one morning. I was using it as my alarm clock because I did it every other day, and it it died. No big deal. Um, I thought I could just reset it, you know, drain the power or charge it up, you know, press all the buttons, do all the different things. I spent I spent days trying to get that basically, uh, you know, to bring it back to life, and it wouldn't do it. So since I use it as my work phone, I had to break break down and order a phone. I was going to order either the Moto X 2014. Where I was going to order a Nexus 5. The Nexus 5 just dropped 100 bucks, so I went ahead and ordered one. And you know, for the last several months, I've been using the Nexus 5. Well, last week, my Nexus 4, like I have this habit where anytime I go near my desk, my Nexus 4 is lying on it. I would just press the button. Well, I clicked on it, and it, it, I noticed that the LED at the very bottom started blinking, and I hadn't seen that for like eight, nine months or whatever. So uh, I charged it up, and then the next day, it, it came to life, and. Uh, 
it's something that I didn't quite expect, but I basically uh, <clears throat> re-imaged it and I gave it to my son, so he now has a phone. So, but I kind of wish I would have been able to use it back then. So, anyways, yeah, it works. I've never uh, seen that kind of thing before. I've never, not even seen online that kind of thing. So, it was just frozen for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would press all the combination of buttons, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. There's only so many buttons you can press, you know. Does it chance oh, it was... Uh, where, where did the power come from, though? It didn't discharge over the eight, nine months? That, that's <laughs> probably it. Well, I had early on, you know, I thought that it was actually just out of power, but I still tried resetting it, but it wouldn't work. So I plugged it up, and nothing would happen. I would try pressing, you know, like the power button for 30 seconds, the power button, and either of the volume buttons, all three. I tried every, literally every combination, 30 seconds, a minute, over and over, over time. And, you know, I charged it up all the way or, you know, plugged it up. There's no sign that it's actually charging. And uh, I don't know, but I, I thought it was dead, but I didn't want to send it off to LG. They're going to charge 150 bucks to repair it or whatever. And I could, at the time, pay $150 and get a Moto G or whatever, and it'd be roughly the same performance, LTE, which this de- the Nexus 4 didn't have. So, yeah, it was like I didn't want to deal with it, so I just left it to the side. Just every once in a while, just press the button, and then last week or so, it started working. So it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> well... I guess we'll, uh, we can move on to, oh, did you guys see Amazon announced all these new tablets while we were gone, including yeah. a six-pack option? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, pretty cool. The six-pack thing, I got to think that is aimed at education or, like, doctor's offices or something where they yeah. want to have, you know, a half a dozen devices lying around. But, I mean, who honestly, seriously, even Nick, you with kids – how many people actually need six? Yeah, we would only buy maybe a couple. Like the thing for us, because we've been in the Amazon ecosystem since there's been the Amazon ecosystem. Mm-hmm. My wife picked up the original uh, Fire Tablet, and then after that, we've upgraded to every Fire Tablet since, and they've sort of been inherited to the different kids, you know, over time. And so now we've got like I think five or so tablets currently, and everyone has their own tablet. And my wife has one; she has an iPad as well. You know, so we're kind of how many do you have it? I think it's something like like four or five because she's also bought like an additional one for the kids. But if we had none and we wanted to get in the ecosystem, you know, it's like 250 bucks or something like that. Or what is the price? It's like, yeah, it's 250 bucks for six of them. Yeah, it's buy five, get a six one free essentially. And they have it in a six pack. That's pretty cool. If you're a family and you want to experiment with experiment with tablets, it would make a good early Christmas present, you know. And shouldn't you assume the kids will just break them anyway? Yeah. So having a six-pack is good for backup? Yeah. Well, au contraire, though, Shane. They have offered you, they've done you one better. For a 100 bucks, you get the kids' version, which comes with a case and a two-year warranty against accidental breakage. Yeah, it's like a super TPU case, almost like an OtterBox in terms of how much of a profile or footprint it gives a tablet. But it's, I would have a hard time believing the tablet would break inside of it. It's so much padding. It's like having a pillow of sorts, a plastic pillow. <laughs> or yeah, I mean, kids ruin everything, right? So I imagine mm-hmm. they'll figure out how to. It just uh, depends. Like we've had kids. We bought. We bought. I think not. 
last Christmas, but the Christmas before, maybe it was the last Christmas, we bought them a couple El Cheapo $50 OEM Android tablets as an alternative for the Amazon tablets. And uh, But those were so flimsy that they broke on their own. Like, you know, you would just yank it a little slightly hard in the, the port that the cable would, would, like, come out. So uh, these are hopefully a little bit better construction than that, particularly with the case. So, I mean, $50, I mean, it's, it looks like it's almost the specifications of the original Fire Tablet. It's like a 1024 by 600 screen, 7-inch um, tablet or whatever whatever size it is, but... 7.1, a uh, 7-inch IPS display, 1024 by 600. Now, this is different. Uh, Quad-core 1.3 gigahertz processor, yeah. uh, both rear and front-facing cameras. Yeah. If I remember right, the first one only had one camera. Yeah, and it was facing towards you, and right. the processor wasn't near as, power- as powerful as this one. I think it was maybe a dual-core. Yep. I can't remember, but it was slower than this one. And yeah. I don't remember, is this the first one or the first generation of Amazon uh, devices to have an S, a micro SD card slot? I read that. No, I think, I think it is. Because yeah. we have all the previous version, all the previous tablets, and I don't recall any of those having an SD card slot. Yeah, this one, they actually have it right on here. Eight gigs internal storage. I mean, it's a $50 device. Eight gigs of internal yeah. storage. I'm not going to complain. Uh, free cloud storage for all your Amazon content, which that's, they've had that anyway. Yeah. Um, but add a micro SD card for up to 128 gigs of additional storage. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's new. It's coming with the new, fi- uh, with the new Fire OS. They're claiming seven hours of battery life. Um, I, I don't know what that's based on. Um, exactly. The only the only thing I mean, the o- the only problem I see with this and this is just me as a Android fanboy is that this is not running Android. It's yeah. running Fire, which is kind of like the Packard Bell shell that they used to install on Windows yeah. 3. If you, you know. notice the screenshots, though, it looks a lot more like yeah. regular Android. Yeah. yeah. No more carousel. Yeah, think of it as, yeah, it's got its, like, different screens, and the main screen has, like, the icons, but if you turn to different pages, at least from what I've seen, it has different sort of, I don't want to say widgets, but it's something like widgets in, in that, you know, you see your other titles, like, you know, videos or whatever. Yeah. So it looks pretty cool. It looks like it's more usable. Like I, I, like like you said, I, I, was, I was never a fan of Fire OS in terms of the operating system and, and how it looked, but, you know, it looks like it's better this time, so... I have to be honest, I, I would only use this for the tablet that sits next to my bed where I can watch Netflix or Amazon Instant Video, and yeah. it goes right back on a charging stand and acts as an alarm clock, and that's what I would use it for. Yeah. And I mean, you, I, could, you could spend, can you spend $50 on an alarm clock? I, I don't know, but that sounds about what I would use this thing for, which yeah. is not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and... Um, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought the Fire TV announcement was pretty interesting too. Yeah, the other, the the other Fire tablet, TV announcement. Well, they they announced a new Fire TV that looks like it kicks ass. Um, kind of makes the Apple TV look. Did you guys talk about the Apple TV last week? We didn't have a show no. last week. Oh, oh, that's that's right. Well, the Apple TV was announced last week, and yeah. um, the Apple Bubble people are amazed at a tablet that can play games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. Um, so one of the things that it doesn't do, so there's two things that are strike against the Apple TV as a device. There's, it, there's limitations of how big apps can be 
for install and how it, and how you can stream data. And it's 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 not doesn't support 4K. Yes, there's not tons of 4K content, but the same at the same announcement they announced a phone that will record in 4K content, and the TV can't actually display 4K. Not in fact, neither can the phone display 4K content. So I don't know why you what the point of the 4K. Uh, you know, why if you can record it, they don't make a product you can view it on. They don't even sell a 4K monitor. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And you have to have a 5K iMac, really. That's your yeah. only alternative. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, it is uh, Amazon released this um, this new Fire TV. It's got 4K. Uh, it looks like you can easily expand the storage. I don't know of any of these app limitations uh, in Android or um, Fire OS, so you can download a whole bunch of games. And um, it's 99 bucks, is what I think it was. Yep, uh, it's 99 bucks for the regular one, and then if you want the gaming edition, uh, which comes with like a, a controller, a couple of games, and it includes a 32-gig card, that's uh, $139. Right, and the Apple TV starts at $150. Well, one, so, one thing, though, that could be a problem, I mean, all these devices, I don't know what the Apple TV is, but, like, the Fire TV, the Gaming Edition, the tablet we were just talking about, the internal storage is only 8 gigabytes. So, granted, it does have a micro SD slot, but, you know, I, I still prefer to have all the storage in one place, Um I'm only using micro SD slots for like throwing music files, like specific things, not for storing applications. So yeah. if you're installing a lot of games and some of these games are multiple gigabytes large, um, I don't know. I could see that possibly being a problem. Uh, the Apple TVs are 32 and 64, and the Fire TV starts at 8, you said? What is the Shield uh, it is TV? Eight. Well, the new Fire TV, I mean. Yeah, yeah it's, it's eight. eight. Uh, eight, eight, no, two gigs of two gigs of RAM, eight gigs of storage, and expandable up to 128. So the question is, how does the operating system interpret that up to 128 gigs? And if it interprets it as a mountable game usable storage, then it's not a problem. If it interprets it as another location, then that's a problem. No, I mean I have the I have the Android Shield, and I store games on ESD, and it just. If the opera, you, just have, you have to tell it to put it on there, but it, 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 it treats it like regular disk, otherwise it'll through there. There's no performance issues. Yeah, and the... the I mean, the shield, the shield is really powerful, though. That's the yeah, thing. The Shield has either 16 gigs of storage or 500 gigs if you go for the the more expensive oh. one with the hybrid drive. So those are the two storage options for the NVIDIA Shield. And really, the NVIDIA Shield is still the most powerful of those... Uh, of all the different devices. I don't know how it compares to the Apple one. I think NVIDIA released something saying that their Shield is like three times more powerful than the new Apple TV. Like there was a uh, a, a comparison chart. I don't, I'll have to look into that. But Well, here's what I can tell you. The Shield is a better gaming machine than Apple TV. Yeah. I, I, don't, think, I don't think anybody can argue that. Um, I think know, by default it would be just because of the – I mean it just – just taking the game streaming from NVIDIA, like that makes it instantly a better gaming machine. But, you know, the the power, all the games available directly on Android, too, uh, contribute to that. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to play games, I mean, it's uh, you have more options 
than um, than anywhere else. I mean, I, I play games surprisingly off my computer a lot more than I expected. I do not stream games because I don't have a great connection, but that's uh, you know that's not that's not everybody. And uh, I have had you know I know Eric, you're in the middle of a recall, uh, <laughs> um, but I have not had any issues with it. I mean, and it, it's a it's a place really. I mean, I'm supposed to. Um, there and there, there's more of a push from Nvidia to actually get games native to to it, and so I don't know. I kind of like having the the gaming video card company, the one pushing the ta- the 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 TV thing. I will say though, this is not a device yet that is ready for the living room for the family. Um, this still resides in my office, but. The Fire TV, which I did order, may replace the Roku out in the living room because of the other thing they added to the Fire TV, which is Amazon Echo support. So um, that is now on Fire TV. And from what I can tell, it destroys Siri, and um, it's a little more interactive than what uh, Google has. Hey, if you want to select my screen, I'm sharing the NVIDIA Shield comparison with the NVIDIA Shield Android TV box, how it compares with the, it's, according to their uh, estimate, it's 13 times faster than the 2015 Apple TV. Yeah, so, how does the Apple TV have, have a, a 1.4 HDMI cable in 2015? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but so does the Roku 3, and so does the Nexus. Well, one, the Nexus is, is cheaper hardware. Mm. Two... All those other devices are at least a year old. Three, yeah, the, this is Apple, who's already charging a pre... The, the Nexus player is like 80 bucks. Yeah, the Nexus player's been out for several months so far as well, and it's the uh, newest of the devices outside of the Apple TV. I still, not, I still don't believe, frankly, that Apple's devices are worth the premium that they charge when you look at the actual hardware. It seems like they sell it based upon the operating system. And that, and I don't care if you're talking about an iMac or if you're talking about a MacBook Pro or if you're talking about a iPhone or a or an Apple TV. I just I don't feel like the specs warrant the price, but they've got this thing where they sell the user experience. And yeah, well, also it's the ecosystem. If you've been in the Apple yeah. ecosystem for years or maybe even a decade or more at this point, I'm pretty sure it's it's probably valuable to you. But I don't know how many people use these set top boxes for that. I mean, in our house, the only people that use the set top boxes religiously are our two girls, our youngest children, mm-hmm. and none of the adults use it. Like, I'm the only one that uses a Chromecast now, and it's fairly rare, and we don't have set-top set boxes anywhere else. So, Well, speaking uh, of which, uh, there is a new Chromecast announcement out, but before we talk about that, I view, and, th- and maybe you guys tell me if I'm, if I'm looking at this all wrong, but I view the Fire Streaming Stick, TV Stick, excuse me, as... The competitor to your Roku, your lower-end Rokus, including this Roku stick, and I view the Fire TV as being the premium set-top box, including things like an Ethernet cable option and stuff like that, but I view the gaming one or the regular Fire TV with the addition of the gaming controller as a low-end gaming system. And I feel like the Shield is like a high-end gaming system that happens to do these other things, too. Yeah. It, I, am, I, am I off? No, I, th- I think you're correct. It, it, 
uh, the library, uh, you know, still needs to be built up, but it's it's still pretty decent. I mean, the hardware is actually almost as comparable to the Wii U in terms of specifications, so that's mm. not bad. And Joey, to back up what you just said, by default, the Shield comes with game controller. Yeah, <laughs> right. The Apple TV comes with a goofy little remote. Not only that, but you can do game streaming from your PC if you have like a Kepler-based or newer GPU. If it's anything uh, higher than a 750, I think. I thought it was a 6 Series. Well, it was 6 Series or newer, but I think like if you have a 700, like a 750 Ti or 750 or higher, or I'm not sure what the new 900 Series you would be able to do with it, but... I, I have a 970, GTX 970, and I stream games from it all the time. So yeah. the Apple TV, obviously, and these other devices, the game controller is a, a set accessory you buy later. The Shield, yeah. it's the one they give you. So yeah. the first couple months, I was using a gaming pad to do yeah. all the, uh, which is fine. Yeah. It, it, the remote is actually really good, and they both have headphone jacks on them, so you can play video games and stuff in peace and not bother anybody else, or watch TV. Yeah, the others will have a remote come standard, but not the controller, but the Shield has a reverse. The controller standard and the remote's option. Mm. Yeah, and so I, I don't... You know, do you, do you start with... I, I make this comment to people all the time. We get people driving around in pickup trucks now with back seats and doors, and I look at them and I go, this is the concept of the El Camino, only instead of looking like a car with a half a truck body, now it looks like a truck with a half a car stuck in it. And it, it's it's all in where you start from. Do you start with a gaming machine that does this other thing, or do you start with a low-end device that happens to do gaming? And yeah. I, I don't think either approach is wrong. I just think that they're different. Um, I, I would just say the NVIDIA Shield... TV is the only one that really starts out from a gaming perspective first. Oh, I agree. Every, everybody else is like, yay, you can play these cheesy little games. And yeah. I mean, again, yeah. and from a software perspective, Apple TV does not make it easy to have certain types of games on there. So I just don't think they're serious well, about Not it. only that, if you look at the Xbox One and the PS4, they both came with a 500 gig hard drive. The Shield console comes with the 500 gig hard drive is an option, and it's actually a hybrid drive, so it's a little bit faster than your typical hard drive because of the portion that's essentially a mini SSD that's used, you know, primarily for caching and other stuff. So yeah, I actually you know rec- that's- Oh, I recently put in a 128 gig SD card just so I have extra storage. Plus extra storage, yeah. So what's not good about the 500 gigabyte version, though, however, is when they recall it. Like, they're recalling everything nowadays with NVIDIA. Um, so I, I just got a notice uh, maybe a couple weeks ago saying, um, you know, hey, do this update. Do the latest update to Android, which if you remember the last update they did on the Shield, uh, on the Sh- sorry, on the Shield um, tablet was the one where you do the update and then it tells you if, you're, if your battery is going to explode. Well, this one you do the update and if – if, if you do the update and it restarts and you get stuck in fast boot mode, <laughs> that tells you that maybe you need to send your device back. Um, if it stops working. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's weird, too, because I eventually was able to get it out of fast boot mode. Uh, but they said, you know, even if you can get it out of fast boot mode, you still need to email us and um, we still need to do the recall. Um, but, like, there's this weird thing. Like, the, the Shield TV has, like, this carousel at the top 
that shows you it like recommends things from various outlets. Like it'll show you recommended YouTube stuff alongside. That's, that's Android, stuff. by the way. That's and okay. So that's the so up at the top it does that, and like if one other way that they they'll tell you that the hard drive's going bad that you need to send this device back is things will just get so garbled. Like it'll look like it'll look like it's loading like when you're trying to download porn in the '90s on dial-up. Like that's what it looks like. I mean, just to give just to give Shane a frame of reference, I'm sure he remembers. Um, so it was. It's just like a. It's a weird thing like that. So I had to. Uh, yeah, I'm recalling yet another device, which yeah. is great. By the way, a nice recent update for Android TV is that Plex now shows up in recommendations and uh, Universal Search. Cool. Well, speaking of uh, new things showing up, uh, the Chromecast, there's rumors that they're going to come out with a new update in another six days on the 29th. Um, I'm Okay, i got to admit, I'm a Google fan guy. I like Google devices. I push Google devices. I tell people to buy Google devices. This thing, I cannot understand what you're supposed to freaking do with it. What? It's Are you, hold on. Have you never it's used... No, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Have I understand you never... intellectually what you're supposed to do with it. It's supposed to plug in your TV and you throw feeds from another device to it. I get that. What I don't understand is why you would want that when you could have a device like the Fire TV stick or the Roku stick, which is essentially the same price. But just keep it... is... well, well, I would say that's something to think of now. But when it came out, I mean, those things are actually there because the Chromecast was there. Yeah. They wouldn't have made those but items. But still, the still, can no, no, no. you? I already had a Roku before the Chromecast came out. But the, but the Roku stick. The thing is, you compare a eighty dollar, a hundred dollar device to a thirty dollar or thirty five dollar device. That's how how it was when it came out. That's why so many people bought it, and that's why I, I picked one up. So. But also, how easy is it to throw your Google Music onto your Amazon Fire or any of that other stuff? Yeah, like whenever we I'm used, out there cleaning the living room, you know, I just cast, I just load up Google Play and, and throw on music out there. So yeah, so there's a couple, there's a couple things to know about the Chromecast. One, I think it's for people who their main computer is their phone, and so you, to them, you basically just a special little dongle you throw onto your TV, and boom. Um, two, I think it is different because it's almost you could theoretically have a two screen experience. Yeah. Um, which is different. And, and the third thing is, for whatever, I don't know how they did it, but Chromecast gets better Netflix performance than Roku in a lot of places because they go to different CDNs. Even on the same house, on the same network, the Chromecast will send you to a better, closer CDN than the Roku. Let's now, say they had a deal going on or, or what. Um, but Chromecast, same with Hulu, actually. They get much closer to the... Um, your network. Let's so, say hypothetically you have a TV, but you don't have cable because cable is a worthless service, and your true cord cutting, uh, you just need a thirty-five dollar Chromecast, and now you can watch the majority of your stuff between Netflix and Google Play, and what you can get from Amazon Prime Video through like a Chromebook or something. You can cast that to the damn thing. Yeah, and one of the th- reasons I like the Chromecast was I could put presentations on it. Now, I've tried to do this at work, but unfortunately, because the Chromecast doesn't support WPA2, it, you know, I guess it's, it's too strong of an encryption you know, you know, protocol to run. But it, because it 
couldn't do that. I couldn't use it at work, but theoretically you could use it as a uh, as a presentation device. You just you know cast through Chrome. You know, on your I, actually, I actually believe Chromecast 2 will be able for able to do do you want to either support WPA2 yeah. or it will be able to set up an ad hoc network between your phone and the device using ultrasound setup. Mine's, yeah, and hopefully mine does that out with, and it works. What's up? My network's WPA PSK2 and it works. Chromecast works. It went it went on mine like it wouldn't even show up. Really? Yeah, there, there, are, there are different levels of WPA2. I think. I think there's an enterprise version. Yeah, inter- yeah, WPA2 yeah, enterprise. enterprise. Yeah, I'm sorry. WPA2 that, enterprise has to be um, what? It has to be authenticated off of a server. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and, that's not something that this device has ever sold for. Well, right. I would, but, but I think we're going to have ad hoc networks and automatic setup through ultrasound, and it's going to be much nicer. So I think this is going to be the thing you take along with you with the hotel to get stuff from your phone to your uh, to your TV in the future. Um, I'm, I'm looking. I'm excited about the possible Chromecast music thing they're talking about. Or even, um, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it might be interesting. <laughs> is that a thing that leaked? Or like that, the like the blurry pictures or whatever? Yeah, and yeah, maybe. Hope, yeah, maybe. I would also hope it has a five gigahertz band. That would be good too, because this one just has a two point four gig. I think that's almost a certainty. I mean, I think the new, uh, like, I think it's going to make to work really well with the Google on hub. And I'd be shocked yeah. if it didn't support all that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but John, the thing, the thing is, it, honestly, for, for a lot of things, Chromecast is easier to use than any of these set top boxes. And thousands of things support it. it this has been a complete success by Google. Um, tons and tons of services support. Uh, casting uh, content to your uh, your Chromecast, so uh, this is probably a bigger, much bigger success than Google or Android TV at this point. So I'm looking forward to Chromecast two and Chromecast Audio. Yeah, I still think that if I, if I was going to pick a device right now, honestly, um, I would probably go with a Fire TV. I would either go if I had the hundred bucks, I'd probably get the Fire TV. I'm limited to the $40, I'd get the stick, and I would completely bypass the Roku, and I don't know, I just I just don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling about throwing stuff, because you need two devices to use it, and I just I just don't find it that friendly. Yeah, but, but again, you, you already have a phone, True. and getting a, I mean, it's... It's a Chromecast is a lot less complicated yeah. than a set-top button. Yeah, it's usually just a button or two. You just load up the app and then click the Chromecast button, and all of a sudden it's casting to it. So it's it's really easy to use. And, like, for my wife and I, we both have smartphones that will work with it. She has a notebook that she uses out there that she could cast, you know, to it. So Yeah, I expect this bigger, this new version is going to be like the companion you pretty much could take everywhere with you. Mm-hmm. So it would probably be very handy for Eric when he's traveling to... Who knows next, you know. I used the Fire TV the last time I had to uh, take a trip. It was great. I like I liked just having the little dongle that plugs into the hotel TV. Um, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, uh, all right, so I ordered Fire TV. I think you're talking about the Fire Stick. The Fire um, Stick, sorry, yeah. yeah. I, I'm looking forward to Fire TV. I think Roku is the big loser in all this, even though I've loved their, their devices for a long time. 
I think they're just they've been too slow to come out with the next uh, the next set top version. Like I think they did like an incremental update to the Roku three, yeah. but it was still the Roku three. And right now there's only there's only rumors about a Roku four. Um, I, I think it's just a, it was a bad move on their part because the Roku, I still think today, is a very, very good um, – like it, it's probably one of the top ones even over, um, yeah. even over like, like some of the Android TV offerings. But, but you sense that it's falling behind. I sense it's falling behind. Yeah, yeah it is. When, when Roku started to lose me was when I misplaced the remote for the Roku. Mm-hmm. And the app – that they sell you as being able to control the Roku. Um, frankly, I fought with it. I fought with it. I fought with it. I fought with it. I tried it on three, two phones, and I could not get it to work reliably. Mm-hmm. Is that because my wireless network isn't set up the way that most people would normally have it? Maybe. Um, I don't know. But it was just extremely frustrating that the device was limited to that one friggin' thing, and I couldn't make it work at all. Um, and then, by the way, the price for a remote was literally half the price of a new Roku at the time. It was twenty four ninety nine to get a remote hmm. for a forty nine ninety nine device. Did you just buy a new uh, Roku? Then? No, I, it's sitting in the kitchen. I just don't use it. If I'm going to plug in and stream in the kitchen uh, where when I'm doing dishes or something, I have a 19-inch TV out there. If I'm going to stream, I plug in my Chromebook. Hmm. Much easier to throw a Chromecast in there. I mean, that's kind of what the perfect use case. You can get a new remote on, on, on eBay for like $6. Yeah, that, you know, so there's that. Um, but the, the other thing was that um, at the time um, – the only two devices that would do Amazon streaming video were a PC or a Chromebook and the Roku. Mm-hmm. And since that, all of these other things have come out because uh, I've never had. No, that actually still might be true. <laughs> only Amazon devices and PCs could do Amazon Instant Video. No, oh. it just came out with that uh, Amazon uh, app for the phones now. So the question would be: Would would that Chromecast? No, they don't. They don't allow it to Chromecast yet. Well, then the thing there is, is a Sony TV with Android TV that has uh, Amazon Instant Video app, but it's it's only it, you I can do Amazon, it. We we've complained about Amazon on the show I think for years. And why yeah. I think it's so difficult to view their content? Yeah, you um, can do it on your thing. You just have to change the settings from Silverlight to Flash, and then you Chromecast the tab, and it'll play full screen perfectly. But it won't work in the other hmm. mode. Hmm. Silverlight. How are they still using Silverlight? Like, that's unsupported. Uh, Netflix uses Silverlight, bro. Come on. Yeah. Not anymore. Well, they used to recently. They used to for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, then and, and, uh, Microsoft abandoned Silver. Silverfish, I was going to call it. Uh, <laughs> Silverlight. <laughs> no, no, that's Swordfish. Swordfish, yeah. So yeah. They, they abandoned it, and uh, I guess they're the little holdouts now. So what you're saying is, is that I would need to have Silverlight on my device in order to watch Swordfish on my TV? <laughs> it's a requirement, yeah. Mm. Oh, so Amprud in the chat is saying that he got a message like last week saying that Amazon is going to stop allowing its app to work on uh, Google TV. Hmm. And if I remember right, he had one of the 
Jeez, I don't know. Ant, uh, Ant, come back to me. Is this the actual like TV with it built in, or is this like the one review? of those original Sony set-top boxes with the old? Google I TV? think he has the Logitech review, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean that. The, it's not <laughs> they, they just don't want to support it anymore. And like, what? Who has Google? How low? Can, I mean, has anything been updated in Google TV in three years? Not that I've heard. Like when. Four, four dot whatever when that came out, I think all the devices are still in honeycomb, right? Oh, Is that it? I don't think uh, he has, to, and has the high sense pulse. Oh, that's and, uh, garbage. It is a piece <laughs> it just of garbage. Got worse. My brother has the actual Sony TV with the Android built in, and uh, YouTube stopped working on that. Like <laughs> Google, Google TV is dying; it's dead. I don't think Google Play Music. Yeah, Google Music doesn't work on Google. Nothing works on Google TV really. And nothing works on my Nexus Q anymore. It's unfair. <laughs> nothing it's works on my Droid X anymore either. Weird. They took all that technology and put it in the Chromecast. My yeah. poor Atrix 2. Well, let's shift some of our anger elsewhere. How about the <laughs> OnePlus 2? Oh, that they doesn't, that, yeah, that won't incite anger for anyone anxiously waiting for months, <laughs> for a month or more to get there. I, I gave up. I mean... Just either it's hard enough to get an invite, and then once you get an invite, the wait to actually get the device as well. So yeah, I'm not buying a device in 2015 that doesn't do Android Pay. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I know. No wireless, no NFC. What? What? <laughs> well, well, let's read the little. I'm getting angry uh, already. No, sir. The note from the note from the uh, from one of the founders goes as such. We messed up the launch of the OnePlus 2. Well, we messed up the launch of the OnePlus 1 as well. Although inventory levels ramped up eventually, months after the announcement, it was still extremely difficult to buy the device. We comforted ourselves to the fact that we're young and that we'd learn and show the world that we could do better next time around. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. With the OnePlus 2, we made rosy plans. We were more confident and prepared for a lot more inventory. We told our users it would be 30 to 50 times easier to get invites and that they needn't worry. Yet we only began shipping in meaningful quantities this week, nearly a month after our initial targeted shipping date. You can talk all you want, but in the end, flawless execution speaks much louder than unfulfilled promises. I'd like to apologize on behalf of the one of OnePlus for the delay. OnePlus, you had me at we messed up. <laughs> Those three words right there was all you needed to say. We we understand. Well, I mean, I, he's not wrong, but I don't know that that really fixes anything. Like I I, I feel like they because now finally you have a lot of like the the tech journalism sites are talking about how they're irritated, whereas before it was just like, oh, this is a it's a neat thing, and you know it kind of sucks that you can't get it, blah blah blah. But now these people are getting pissed. So I all of that like all the rosy you know all the love that OnePlus has been getting um, for their it's devices I think that might wane a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This 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 entire little scenario here can be summarized in four words: too little, too late. Yeah. It could be worse. It could still be running cyan. Yeah. Well, yeah. honestly, at this point, to be brutally honest. This is why Microsoft ships imperfect software. They ship it because they have to make a targeted release date. They make it as good as they possibly can until they hit their limited date, 
and then they ship it, it and then they enough. fix it after they ship it. And and I'm not justifying it, but I am saying that if you're putting out worldwide press releases that you're going to have XYZ available on a date, you have to have it available at in that in quantity on that date. And anything else isn't acceptable. Yeah, and that is why Microsoft is taking the mobile world by storm with Windows Phone. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. Poor example. That's uh, <laughs> like no, no people. Oh, we lost Shane. Oh, Shane is down. I guess bad I mouth. His argument is now invalid. Bad mouth. Microsoft what like that. that. Microsoft overheard that conversation yeah. and they shut down his OS. There we go. No, that was I was charging my Shield controller on my PC. And that it may, that connect that makes it a input device on my PC, which did something with the tab. I was uh, so the uh, Nvidia crashed it. Okay. <laughs> well, the shield has crashed everything else. So, <laughs> but what I was saying was is you know no everybody no one can stop talking about Windows 10, right? I mean, hear it on the streets every time you go out there. I like Windows 10. Is that what they're saying? They love Windows 10. Oh, better than iOS is what they're saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Windows 8 and 7 were better than iOS, but I mm-hmm. 10 is... Well, it's an improvement over Windows 8 for sure. You know, they, yeah. they, they needed to do Windows 10. I mean, I've, I've still got Windows 8, but... Uh, More, so Windows 10, I think, just passed Windows 8 in usage already. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. But, oh, wow. It's because I, I installed it on my other computer today. Yeah. That's why... They've been pre-downloading on most machines anyway, so. Yeah. Ironically, I've got one copy reserved on my production box over here, and they still haven't tested this hardware configuration yet. So my non-production box that's here on my left, which is what I'm talking to you through, works fine. Uh, not an issue. I've got a laptop that's working just fine, too. Um, but uh, I'll paraphrase what I said on uh, the joeyfixescomputers.com Facebook page today, which is basically that this is still going to be released for free upgrade until July of next year. Yeah. We don't have to move yet. Yeah, and, give it time. Right. And in the short time that I've been running 10, I had a 24-hour period or, where it almost wouldn't function. Yeah. I've got a friend that plays a video game pretty hardcore, and he updated it to 10 because he thought it, it would be good. And the game minimizes like it won't run full screen like there's no way to see anything on the game yep so i mean there's definitely issues i, I advise them to roll back so there's there's some compatibility issues still and just give it give it some months yep and there, i have the same issue with one of my very old windows programs it does the same thing it won't it will if if you accidentally open up a window hit the start button something like that you can't get it back it just stays black yeah. um yeah. which is really annoying but uh, I, I just I, I think that it's going to be the it's going to be what XP was. It's going to be the OS that everyone uses, and and that'll be the de facto standard. But anyway, speaking of Microsoft, <clears throat> did you guys see this thing in here about Cyanogen? Oh yeah, they're partners now. Cyanogen is a partner, Microsoft partner. <coughs> Does anyone else feel like this is Captain Mel and the Serenity crew all of a sudden allying themselves with the Great Alliance? Yeah, it is kind of weird. 
you know, or to use a Star Wars analogy that we just let the Rebel fleet get Darth Vader badges. I mean, this just... I don't, ah. understand. I don't understand what's saying. Like, we're going to get all the Google blown out of it, and we're going to put Microsoft blow back in it. I mean, I think Cyan's in the open source project. I mean, I, I, how could you how could you rely on that anymore? I think they like money. I think that's why they're going going this way. I think they're willing to compromise. You know. Well, this is not Cyanogen mod. This is Cyanogen OS. Yeah, Cyanogen OS. Yeah. I, I understand. No, no, I understand that. But um, you know, people. The most of the users of Cyanogen OS are you know low pop. You know, the one plus one fanatics, right? And then their goals are always get these low these low. Power devices in four countries who aren't picking it because it's cyanogen, they're just picking it because it's on a cheap device. Mm-hmm. And then the other users who use the technology are the cyanogen mod people. And if I was using cyanogen mod, I'd be like, well, I don't see, I don't know what they're committing to anymore, and I don't think they're going to have time to really spend on the open source version anymore, despite their best intentions, because, you know, obviously they they have bigger uh, aspirations than that. And, Something wrong with it. I don't begrudge Condick and those guys making money. I think their CEO is kind of an idiot. Um, but you know, it's just kind of it's just kind of sad because Cyanjamob is really great, and now you kind of see now that for some reason they're going seemingly going back on everything they 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 said before. So, um, and we'll, but we'll see if it's actually possible to put Cortana in Cyanjamob anyway. But I predict that it'll that they'll put it on there and probably no one will care. So I think that's probably true. Um, I don't, I don't think that most people will care. Like for them, most people don't use, I don't get the feeling that most people use like all the voice stuff on the phones. Like I use it for some things, but as long as those basic things work, I don't think that it matters if it's Cortana speaking or somebody else. Yeah. What's interesting to me is this may have a bigger footprint for Microsoft services online than they get from their own Windows Phone franchise. I mean, how many people are going to buy a Windows Phone compared to a relatively inexpensive Android-based smartphone with Microsoft services? It just seems like Microsoft wants to do this, you know, maybe even more than than you know Cyanogen does. So, yeah, Windows Phone is basically dead. It just Microsoft is just waiting for a graceful way to end it. We're racing to the bottom with BlackBerry, so you know. They don't, I mean, they're not pushing anything, right? I mean, whatever. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that's a lot of what this is. So Cyanogen OS, I, I think from the, not maybe not from the beginning of Cyanogen Mod, but when they started talking about Cyanogen OS, like, they, yeah, they were talking about getting, I, was it framed as Google Bloat? I, I thought it was sort of just like freeing Android from Google. So well, Android is already free cool. from Google. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column well, B. It, 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 Android is free from Google. However, there's a lot of modern Android that is that is Google. Yeah. Like it, you, yeah, you so can get you can get Android. Yeah. It's open source. You can do what you want with it. But what what better solution is out there? And I think that's what they're aiming at. Is that if yeah, you don't want to do version. the version, yeah. what's that? Xiaomi has their own version. Amazon created a version. Nokia created a version. Apple has one, yeah. Sure. 
but that's I mean you're not you're not taking Amazon's and like people aren't licensing it for, licensing it from Amazon like this is the and Xiaomi I mean come on like I'm yeah okay they have their own they have their own version that's that's fine well, but it's not the same no but I'm saying is how, what are they freeing it from we have forks and we have lots of custom flavors of Android like well, what is they're trying to compete Google. That's just advertising crap. What what they're doing is there's they're saying that there's there is a there's a Google you get this when you flash. There's a Google Apps package. There's a set of things that are Google. It's the Google services, it's the Google applications themselves. It looks like they're trying to make a make it to where you can you can have a different option. You don't have to do the Google thing. You can, but you don't have to. And on their side, they are siding with the we don't have to. And they're making money in the process. I I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't know that I would want what they're offering. But think of it this would, way. It's, com- but, it's competition, and maybe they'll bring services that Google hasn't, and that'll force Google to make their, you know, improve their services. They won't. Right? They're always going to have to find another company who's much bigger than them to do the hooks, right? Now, admittedly, there's only a few. Microsoft is one. Amazon, I think Amazon just released, I heard, Amazon Maps, if that's possible. Um, but I, it's, the, it's the rhetoric from Cyanogen, right, that has bothered me. And when, mm. when you see a CEO saying just dumb things, like, what's the vision of the company, all right? We're going to take it away from Google. We, like, what are you talking about? Like, you literally could. You literally got this huge bootstrap because of Google's. I, I mean, I know they didn't. They weren't completely altruistic about giving away Android. But on the other hand, I don't. You couldn't have expected Android to be as big as it is, right? When they did that. So it, it, Google, this large multinational, uh, uh, this billion-dollar company, gives you. Basically, everything you need to do to make a full-fledged operating system aside from a few services, and then you act like they're screw they're screwing people. Like you don't you don't even exist except for Android. If you don't like what Google's done for Android, start from scratch and write your own OS. Go take Fire OS then. Um, but if they want to say, look, we think there are different markets where we can offer, we can take ASOP and turn it into something really special, that's different than saying, we need to get rid of Google or kick away from Google. You know? I, they're, playing to a certain, they're playing to a certain audience overseas that maybe doesn't, maybe, maybe doesn't like Google or has some reservations about Google, um, about the privacy aspect or something like that. Like That's who they're playing to. Uh, yeah. There's not Cyanogen OS phones coming out in the United States to any, I mean, not really overseas either. Not, they're not coming out to like any big popularity. Um, but you, you can tell by their partners, they are, they're targeting, like, they're targeting the Asian market. They're targeting these markets that have a huge low cost user base. No, I understand. But, no, doing business with, doing business with Microsoft to me is, I mean, I don't want to make them a cool of companies, but for every complaint you have about Google, you have about Microsoft. So yeah. The rhetoric yeah, of Microsoft are checks actually. are better. <laughs> Uh, I just pulled up on Android Police the um, the LinkedIn article from Cyanogen CEO. What his interesting comments were from these are now almost six months to the day old, um, and the the comments were that uh, uh, Kurt McMaster would be or, or that Cyanogen Inc is putting a bullet through Google's head. 
Um, and then he goes on to say uh, that there will not be any Google services on this phone. They're instead lo- uh, uh, loading the Amazon App Store, um, which I can tell you that makes the difference between Cyanogen and Fire all that much bigger. Not. Uh, <clears throat> Are they using Bing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he does. Leave, he does uh, live. It does make an interesting point down here in this part, though. It says, "In a perfect world, the OS should know that I use Spotify for music. I should be able to talk to the phone and say, play that song,' and the effing song plays with Spotify. It doesn't do that today. Now, I could be wrong, but they they say in this Android police here that uh, article that it already does do this now." When I try that on my Nexus 6, it inevitably does it in Google Play. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because I, I have Play and the Android Music and the Amazon Music Store installed, and it's going to play as a default. And if I change the default, it would go to Amazon. It plays so the when default. You first, when you first ask Google Play Music, it gives you an option as to which program to use. Okay. Okay, so you could pick that then. So then I don't understand what his big point in that example is, and I don't understand what I, – I guess I just don't get it. If, you, if you're if you using an Android phone and you don't like Google, don't buy an Android phone. Yeah, I, I just, it, it, yeah and the other thing is that people like – I want to be able to pick and choose which Google services, and that makes – that's like – very old thinking, right? Because um, Google is not, you know, uh, the apps, there are multiple apps, but it's really one service. It's Google. And, you know, Google Docs is connected to Google Drive, which is connected to Google Keep, which is, connect, you know, connected to my email. You know, all these things are basically different um, entry points into your Google account. So it's also not as easy to decouple this stuff. Play music is not one of them. But um, that's another thing that I've heard. Oh, we should be able to pick and choose. Well, I want to use this location service. And Google's like, no, we don't want you putting garbage in our uh, in our service and all that. So, um, But your point is right, Joey. If you don't like Google, don't buy, don't buy an Android phone. Well, the, there's an interesting chain of comments, and oftentimes comments are trolling on an article like this, and, and I completely understand that. But the, the top three comments are basically, so you want to replace the closed ecosystem apps of Google with closed ecosystem apps from other providers that suck more. Uh, <laughs> hello. Uh, and then the next person says, hey, that's a good point. And he, he said he seems to have no idea what he's talking about, and he just wants to bash on Google because the Google apps are closed source. Okay, that may or may not be true. Um, but the next guy made a comment that said it, just because uh, the Google apps are closed source is because Google apps are Google apps, and people want to have someone to hate on. And that's the thing is that I think half of this is – that people are saying, well, Google has done so well, and now they own everything. We need to have some way of being able to use their products without being able to use their services. Let me ask you all a question. When was the last time you paid for email? Every month, bro. Every month. Yeah, if it's free for a service like, you know, have Comcast or whatever, or some sort of internet service provider, they may throw you an email. You're not technically paying for it, but it's a part of your service. I don't think anyone pays for email 
itself individually. So okay, I, I well, have your email in well over ten years. Well, what, what what my point is is that you, if you're using a free Google email account, yeah. somehow they have to make money while they're providing you with a free service. You're not paying for it, so therefore there has to be some methodology of monetization behind the scenes. You're the product. Oh, right. Don't say and, that. Well, hard. I'm just saying that, that Android has okay. been created from whole cloth by Google, and they need to have some way of being compensated for the, I'm sure, literally millions of man hours of development time that they've put into it over the years. They can have it because you know what? It's there anyway, and what are you doing with it? They're going to at least give you useful things to do with it. Yeah, and that's going to do the same thing, so... Yeah, and actually, Google makes very little money off their apps. They make most of their money off the web browser. Yeah, it's like 90% plus. Yeah, but... What was I just going to say? I lost my train of thought. Damn it. Well, okay, so so stupid shit that the CEO says, set that aside, if you can. I... He yeah, only runs bullets in the head of Google and all this crap. Mm. But if you read these comments, they're not talking about the CEO. They're talking about the idea of using Android without Google as if that is something that is like un- unthinkable, unthinkable. Like that's that I find ridiculous. So, OK, so maybe Cyanogen went with the poor choice of partners. You can make that argument. But just the act of uncoupling the Google stuff and putting something else, I don't think there's a problem with that. No, there is because it's already been done. And, they, you know, Google made that possible by giving away the operating system and making it easy to plug in services. Yeah, the, the key will be if there's any value to leaving the Google ecosystem for the Microsoft ecosystem. It, so. And, and let's be clear, Google said from day one, the point of Android was, we want to get. We want to create Android so there's no operating system, so we can get Google services onto a phone. Yeah, yeah. And, then it's now, ex- and then it's exactly what they did. Now, believe okay. it or not, I actually had the uncoupled from Google experience. It, for those of you that uh, were back here in the beginning, which I think is me, Eric, and Matt of this group, um, I had, or I still have, actually a Nook Color that yep. I rooted and ran off of an SD card with Cyanogen mod because the Nook OS was crap and the uh, full Cyanogen OS was actually substantially better. Yeah, the I had problem, a... Go, huh? go for it. Well, the problem was is that, of course, it doesn't come with the Google closed source apps because it can't because Cyanogen is an open source project. You have no idea how, un, how almost impossible it was to use the damn thing without the Google apps. The experience sucked. The Amazon App Store at the time did not have nearly the content that the Play Store had. The email thing was a joke uh, that was built in. It just did not work. The browser was junk. I mean, it was was a horrible user experience. So... I mean, I agree on one level. Keep in mind, I am the guy that runs Linux. So I understand open source. I understand that model. But at some point, you got to say there's a practical line to cross that it, if it, the experience sucks, it doesn't matter if it's open source or not. People aren't going to use it. Yeah, yeah, so let's vilify the people trying to make that experience better. 
Yes. It's on both sides. It's on the Google side. Google's trying to make it better, but it's also on the other side. Like, I... People just shouldn't get so worked up about something so stupid. Yeah, I'm like glad there's competition. Whoa, 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 whoa. Eric, Saint-Germain also took the contributions of many, many people. You know, that's not also built. That, Saint-Germain is not built strictly on the people within the company Saint-Germain. Yeah, so, so in addition to them giving, been given an operating system and been given lots of uh, – code from other people, mm-hmm. their CEO has just acted, you know, and remember, they also had this weird dispute with, with uh, op, uh, Oppo, remember? Yeah. Um, where they, with an exclusive, with signing exclusivity deals. Yeah. You know, so the, and I don't want to talk about the programmers, right? I'm, I'm talking about the business people, who, by the way, you put, these, you, you add VC money to any idea, you can ruin it. All right. This is, this will not be the first company ruined by venture capitalists. Okay, the the rhetoric and the moves they make just don't match the ideals of the original project, and that's what off puts a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm, I am totally not defending that at all. So again, I think it's awesome that Sanjin. First of all, Sanjin mod that ran on the one plus one was pretty good, not as good as his oxygen was, but pretty good. It's awesome that Xiaomi does what they did. Nokia, if they hadn't been bought by Microsoft, might have had a really cool version. Yeah, and frankly, you know, Amazon has done some pretty, you know, their Fire TV runs on a fourth version of Android. Yeah, so. the thing to think about Cyanogen OS is it it's going to bring competition and it's going to bring an alternative. Whether or not people choose to use it, that's debatable, but at least it's out there. So, yeah, just just yeah, go ahead and do what you want to do, but you know, just cut, cut careful how you do it. Yeah, yeah because I mean. I mean, you don't want to lose all your goodwill either. I just sound like yeah. you know like another another company. Just have some respect for. Okay, it, it's understandable that uh, they should say, "Look, Google gave us this great gift. We don't agree with where they're going with the operating system, so we're going to go a different way." That's what that's how they should handle, not bullets and heads and. Mm. and I got a sneaking suspicion there's somebody, uh, some executive at Google that saw that article or one like it and just literally went, I know I can't say anything, but I want to shoot this guy in the head because he's just saying stupid crap. (laughs) But uh, at least that's what I do. That's why I'm not the CEO of a company. You're not the CEO of Joey Fixes Computers? No, I'm the owner. There's a difference. (laughs) All right. You don't have to. Pick the last story. Let's see. All right, let me take a look real quick. Uh, Amazon. Oh, Amazon shows the Nexus Five color options. Now, this is intriguing to me. So, next week, right. next Tuesday, we're going to see some new announcements by Google. I'm not sure if they're going to have a public event or it's just going to be them unloading a bunch of stuff from their website. You know, like public a, event. They sent invites. They did. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I was wondering about that if they had sent invites. But yeah, they've got. Potentially two phones that they're going to come out with, the 5X and the 6P. And uh, we've been seeing a bunch of different leaks for the last almost month, maybe more, I don't know, for both one or both phones. And uh, now the, there are different color options for these uh, phones. So that's, that's pretty cool that we're seeing that out there. So, Are you guys worried about the look of the 6P? Yeah, it does look a little goofy, but if, if it performs well and – it's a pretty good price. I think a lot of people don't really care. I my I guess is true. What? 
I'm not going to touch it. If I got a new one, I'd get the five. I get the five personally. No, I'm getting a six P 128 gig uh, <laughs> in in, uh, in white. I hope that that goofy looking top is because there's some sophisticated new sensors in there. Maybe Project Tango, which is I guess maybe a moonshot. That'd but be nice. I think there's going to be at least some lasers in there and some new sensors. Uh, no, seriously, laser focus and new sensors. Yeah, yeah. And maybe a little extra depth to get the, some better camera pictures. Because yeah. otherwise, why would you why would you make that design choice if you didn't have to? Like it's yeah. it's very different. So I think there's got to be something different about it that's better. Well, so, the one thing that I find a little disappointing, cause just looking at the processors, it, it kind of ties into a different story that was in the doc, is that um, you know Quick Charge 3.0 is uh, was announced, um, which you know allows you to to charge your phone even faster than the current Quick Charge. Um, but I don't think that either of these two processors would support it. Um, so it'll probably have regular Quick Charge, but it won't have like the latest uh, version of Quick Charge in it. Well, if you're buying an iPhone, it doesn't have any form of quick charge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's that? The iPhone does still doesn't have anything. I think it's just too new. And quick charge 2.0 is really fast. I don't think people would just it is. And this we should say USB C. So well, yeah. I was going to say one of the good one of the good things about quick charge three is it'll support the USB three uh, standards, or at least the you know the connection standard. I would have thought quick quick charge two would have done that, but. So far, none of the Quick Charge 2 phones have a USB-C connection. It's an either-or thing. So, Well, the only company that has a USB-3 is the OnePlus 2, which yeah. we, they kind of half-assed a few things. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's USB-2, unfortunately. Because, uh, no, because doesn't, the Chrome, doesn't the Chromebook have Quick Charge? The, the Pixel have it, Quick Charge? I don't know if it's technically the Quick Charge standard, but it uh, it's my understanding that it does charge quicker because of USB-3 sta- uh, standard. And they use a more powerful charger by default. Yeah, so I don't. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think the Nexus Six was too big, honestly. Uh, I'm actually back to using a Nexus Five because I'm I've sold off my other phones. I'm uh, waiting for the new ones. And uh, yeah, I think a 5.7 inch phone is a, is a good size phone. Looking looking forward to that in Chromecasts, and I feel like there's something else that's going to be announced next week. Chrome? Is it just Amazon Cube? Fire devices start shipping on the uh, 30th. No, that's not it. Something else. With, well, I guess we'll, we'll get Marshmallow Official. We'll get yeah. two Nexi. We'll get a Chrome, oh, Chromecast Audio, I guess, is kind of the wild card. Oh, whatever yeah. that is. Well, the it looks like the specs that leaked for leaked on Amazon for the 5X um, – I don't, is any of this new that we hadn't heard? So 12.3 megapixel rear camera, five front, uh, two gigs RAM, 16 gig storage starting out. Um, Snapdragon 808. Yeah, that's not gonna be slow. 16 gigs a little disappointing, but I think this is gonna be a phone under 300 dollars. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to start seeing these things like like it used to be eight was the bottom for. Yeah. For the phones now it's 16. I'd like to see that go to 32. That I think that'd be a really that'd be a fine starting point for the foreseeable future. The Nexus 6 was 632 and 64. The Nexus 6 P is supposed to be 32, 64, 128. Uh, price wise, I don't know of any phone that under 300. I think I think they're going to see this phone start at uh, 
two ninety nine for the sixteen gig version. So I don't think there's any phone that cheap with bigger than sixteen gigs. But we'll see. It also has a touch. Remember, it also has a fingerprint reader. So <clears throat> this is a rough. This is these are not necessarily meant to be mass. These are also for good to have for developers to have reference devices for the latest versions of uh, Marshmallow. So they're going to sell a ton of uh, developer editions. So. But a thirty two years in ice blue. Or it kind of looks minty. But a three fifty for thirty two gigs, if that's the price, that seems like it's gonna be a really compelling price. Yeah. yeah. And if you're if you want last year's version, I've I've seen a lot of stories. The thirty two gig Nexus uh, six going for I think two ninety nine right now. So it's I'm selling my sixty four gig right now, yeah. Alrighty. Um, well, I, th- I think that's it. So, that uh, yeah. So next week we'll talk about what stuff we ordered, Eric. <laughs> Probably a Chromecast for everyone, right? No, maybe not. Six pack of Chromecast. <laughs> <laughs> to go, please. Eric, what's our email address? Our email address is show at attackoftheandroids.com. Ah, that means the site's attackoftheandroids.com. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter. Doing some periscopes on Twitter. Yeah, loving that. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Uh, Have a great night. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. You can join us every week at www.attackoftheandroids.com slash live.